Mother of Jesus, than silver or gold, I rather be His than have riches untold. I rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the queen of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I rather have Jesus than men's applause. I rather be faithful to his dear cause. I rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I rather be true to his holy name than to be the queen of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I rather have Jesus than anything. This world affords today. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out a comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the queen of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I rather have Jesus than anything. This world affords today. All right. Thank you, Ms. Joanna. Um, tonight, you can go to go ahead and go to James again. We're going to finish up the chapter of James, chapter 5, um, tonight. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. Um, this morning, we talked about the power of patience. So tonight, we're going to talk about the power of prayer and uh, what it has for us. I do have a short video, it's like a three minute video, talking about being thankful and uh, guy praise. And so I want you to, sh I want to watch this. I think I showed it one time even to the youth group um, back a couple years ago. Um, so we're going to show that now, uh, Brother Sid.
Lord, that I'm struggling. struggling show me what I have to be thankful for struggling. Show me what I have to be thankful for. That because I want us to sometimes understand so many times God blesses us just by a simple prayer of what am I thankful for? And sometimes we get through the rut of life of forgetting what we have to be thankful for. And, and this just goes to show you, to remind us how great God is and how he, has, he blesses us above uh, anything that we could ever imagine. And, uh, and just to show us um, that a simple prayer can sometimes change our life. 
and it can change us for, for to be something even greater. Um, so if we go to in James chapter 5, I'm going to start out with a couple of questions. Um, just talking about our own personal life. What do we use to fuel our vehicle? Who can tell me that? Gasoline. Very good. What do we use to keep our house warm? Gasoline. Sometimes we use electric. In North Carolina, we didn't use gas. We didn't use natural gas. We used electric for everything. Um, so it was a little bit different. Uh, what do we use to fuel our body? Food, right? What do we use to fuel our spirits? Food. God's Word. By talking to God. And so everything that we ever know, everything that we ever can imagine that we use requires fuel. John Tilford uses vegetable for his diesel truck. He doesn't use diesel because he's smart and he uh, can manage things around and work that. But it still requires some type of fuel. Um, And so our body is the exact same way. Some are more powerful. Some are more combustible. Some of them I can put. um, Casey went through physics and went through chemistry and he knows what to put together to make things blow up. He knows what to put together to make things not blow up so much. Um, sit, I'm sure um, Mr. Forrest can take a couple of rocks and put them together and make an explosion out of it because rocks sometimes can do that. I don't know. I'm not a rock geologist or anything. But I know things like that can happen and things are combustible. Things by put together can explode. Um, and it's the same way in our life. The key um, is that we use the right fuel at the right time um, and the right fuel for the right tool. See, if I go out there, a couple, I was like right when I first got here, um, and, and Cole was still here, and Cole was mowing one day, and um, uh, Bill always tells us, make sure we put gas back in the vehicles. So um, Cole drove the, the little tractor we had at the time. He drove it around back to the diesel tank and put diesel in the little lawnmower. And he, and he went to turn it on, and he said, man, he, went, he called me and Bill, and he said, man, this thing just ain't running good. He said, it's running hard. He said, just something ain't right about it. And, since, and Bill goes, well, what did you put in it? He said, well, I put the, the diesel fuel in there. And he goes, well, that's the problem. You put the wrong fuel in it. And it'll run. It'll, it'll work and until that runs out. But it's not going to run efficiently. It's not going to run the right way. And sometimes we need to make sure we have the right fuel in the right tools. All right, if I take a 14-volt drill and I put an 18-volt battery on it, it's going to blow the drill up. It's going to be too much power for the drill. We have to make sure we have the right fuel for the right tool. And that's what it's all about in our life in prayer. In James 5, 16, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, prayer is the high-octane fuel of a spirit-led life. Um, one person said it like this, Bringing the power, prayer is like bringing the power of the Almighty against the problems of mankind. That's the kind of fuel that we need to feed our lives. We need God's power flowing through us the way to connect with that power is through prayer. The way we connect to this power um, is through prayer. And by asking God, I need this power. And by humbling ourselves before an almighty God and saying, God, I am nothing. I can do nothing on my own. And I need you to help me out in this area of my life. And that's what prayer is about. Prayer is about connecting with God in a way which we can connect with no other person. And no other, no other type of being on this world but through prayer with God is just an amazing way. Um, so we're going to read the first couple of verses here, James five thirteen through 16, to get started. It says, Is any among you fl- afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is the sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall rise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So we're going to pray and get started today. Father, thank you for what you've done for us. Pray that you'll help us today. Give me the words to say. Uh, give me the wisdom uh, that I need uh, during this time. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everyday problems to pray about. Everyday problems to pray about. James lays it out very um, effectively here, and I like the way he did it. In verse 13, the first thing that he says about everyday problems, he said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. And so I wrote down, When I am hurting emotionally. When I am hurting emotionally, um, it's everyday problems that I should pray about. Um, and that's how James said, When you're afflicted, when you've got troubles in your life, when you're overwhelmed by life's troubles. How many of you have ever been overwhelmed by life's troubles? All right, we can all probably say at one point or another, we've been overwhelmed. All right, we moved to, I mean, when me and my wife moved here, man, we were overwhelmed with just new life, new starts, just got married. Things were new to us. All right, we were sort of overwhelmed by this marriage and, and ministry and all these different things that were happening in life. And it's almost overwhelming at first. Um, but God was there and he was able to help us out through that. Uh, and that's what God says. He said, well, I'm there to help when you're hurting emotionally. Um, man, there's a time in my life, um, uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I, I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll, we'll talk about this. Um, but when we are in trouble, we're supposed to pray. When we, normally in our life, when we're in trouble, that's not the first thing that we do. Normally when we're in trouble, we go... Uh, talk to a friend or go talk to someone else and sort of prayer is that back burner type deal we'll pray but that's not the first thing that we want to do and uh and it's sort of what god wants us to do first he wants us to trust in him before he trusts in in anyone else in psalms it says trust in the lord with all thine heart um and when you've got your when all of your heart is consumed with trusting in god then you no longer are trusting in someone else to sort of push you along, but you're trusting in God. Um, and when we get overwhelmed with trials or with troubles in our life, um, and we do pray, as we're praying, God will sort of put a verse on your mind, or he'll help you out through that trial. But if we don't pray, God can't help us through that. Um, and, and we might be praying about a trial, and then Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7 comes in our mind. It says, Be careful for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so many times in our life, when, and we see that, and we see, man, let, be careful for nothing. Man, it says, don't let anything get in your way. Make your prayers be known unto God. And then God said, I'll take care of the rest. But we have to let him know about it. Uh, it's like mom and dad, you've got... Um, let's think Miss Voschels. Bailey might be dealing with something and he's not telling her and she's just rattling her mind. What's wrong with Bailey? What's wrong with Bailey? And he won't ever tell her and she can't help him unless he tells her. And then finally Bailey would be like, Mom, I, I cut my hand open the other day. I, I don't know, something. And now she's able to help him because she's, she knows about the problem. Um, but until she knows about the problem, she can't help him. And that's how God is in our life. God says, I want to help you, but if you're not going to come to me for the help, it's hard to me to, just to step in and try to help. He said, I want to be there, and I want to be glorified, but I have to be asked first. And so there's so many things in our life. Um, man, we've all been hurt emotionally. Um, I've been hurt emotionally. I've dated a couple girls in college, and my wife even hurt me emotionally. Uh, we dated, and then she broke up with me. 
and I dated a couple other girls, and then we got back together and we got married. Um, so the short, condensed James Safer version. Um, it was much, much longer than that. I could spend the next 30 minutes and we could talk about it. Um, but I'm sure y'all don't want to hear about that. Um, but man, there's other ways we've been hurt emotionally. When I was um, uh, going into my 11th grade year of high school, um, I was hurt emotionally by my mom. My mom left us, and uh, she, um, just some things happened with her and my dad, and then they split up. And emotionally, I was torn up. I was, I didn't know what to do. I was in 11th grade. I didn't know where to go. I I mean, my, my, my key figure, everything that I'd ever done, she was there, and now she's not in my life anymore. And so emotionally, things can hurt us. Um, but then I'm reminded of in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where it says, God puts us through trials so that one day we'll be able to comfort others through their trials, and we'll know how to help them out. And so sometimes we go through things emotionally, and we have to turn to God so that God can help us through those trials so that later on in life, we're able to help other people out. Um, and so sometimes these, these are learning experiences in our life and learning ways that are going to help us help other people. The second thing here of everyday problems to pray about is when I'm hurting physically. When I'm hurting physically. Verse 14 says, um, If any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Um, and when someone's sick, oftentimes we pray for him or her, but a lot of times we don't pray over them. And uh, this is a thing that not, we don't do a lot in our day and age. Um, we sort of come away from this. It's praying over people. And people coming, um, I've, we've, I've done this a couple of times in my life where um, a man will be going into surgery or a lady will be going into surgery, and they'll bring the man up to the front of the church and all the men in the church will lay hands on him and they'll pray over him. And they'll say, God, man, help the doctors and use the doctors. Help them to go through these trials. And there's just something about everyone in one accord, in one unity, praying over that person. Man, when I got ordained, uh, Pastor Tony was there. He flew out to Arkansas the day I got ordained. And uh, when we, the way they did it when we got ordained, we all came up to the front of the church. And uh, every man that was ordained in the, in the, in the, uh, in the church at that time... Well, if they wanted to, they would come up and they would walk through and they would pray over us. They would put our hands on us and they would pray over us and they would help us out, say a word of encouragement. And I can remember these men that, that I looked up to. That man that had taught me in college. And I'm sitting there and I was, it was right about, about to graduate, about to get married. And these men are coming through and they're laying their hands on me and they're saying, God, help this man. Use him. Use him in a mighty way. And I remember Pastor Tony coming through, putting his hands on me. Knowing that I'm about to come out to Arkansas, he's tr- uh, to Idaho, and he's trusting a 22-year-old man at that time, 20, 22, and he's going to trust a 22-year-old man on staff. And I'm thinking, man, I'm uh, this is physically this is overwhelming for me. But I'm so glad that I had all these men around me, and I came out and was so heart Um But man, we don't pray over people as much as I think we should. Um, I spoke this morning about my dad having cancer, and they brought my dad before all the men, and we all laid hands on him, and they all prayed over him. Um, I remember that. Um, and so many times we don't do that as much as we probably should. Um, and I believe by doing that, it, uh, it shows a greater faith in God. Um, th- and this is a prayer um, of faith of saying, God, we're bringing you before everyone. And we're going to show you among everyone in this church that we're going to pray over this God and we're going to pray over this man and we're going to trust you. And we're, we're almost making you an example, God, saying, do this for us. 
And I believe God should be tested. I believe that you should try God and say, God, do this. And I did this with my son, and I wanted to have a son, and I, and I said that. And I, and I prayed, and I said, God, I want a son. Give me a son. You said that you'll give me the desires of my heart. And every person that asked me, I said the same thing. God wouldn't disappoint me by giving me a son, by not giving me a son. And I, and I, I, I want to say that he gave me a son because I prayed for it. I mean, I think that's a huge thing for us to be able to pray and God to answer it just like that by saying, I wanted a son, give me a son first. Um, so many times God says, I just want to be tested. I mean, Moses tested God in the wilderness. Jacob tested God. Um, Jacob, I mean, he, he fought with God in the wilderness. And there's so many of these heroes of the faith that just tested God and said, God, I want to see how far you're going to go. I want to just see how big of an of a impact you can make on this world. And so many times we think of God and we think of God as a, as a small little figurine sitting up in heaven but God's huge and he's massive and he says man I I have so many more big things planned for you and you just think of me as a little speck somewhere he said I have so many good things for you but you just ask for these little things and I want you to ask big I want you to dream big I want you to have a vision that's huge Um, and so many times we sort of limit God and we limit him on what he wants to do through prayer and and through these things Um, but maybe you've said in your life well maybe Someone was hurting physically, and I prayed with faith for their sickness or whatever it may be to be lifted, and it didn't happen. Well, where's God in that? And so many times, um, it could be something was wrong in your life between you and God, and you had um, something that was wrong between you and God, or it could be that God said, I'm going to give them the ultimate healing. I'm going to go ahead and bring them to heaven because I want to spend time with them now. And God, sometimes he can be a greedy God. He can go ahead and take things from us that we don't necessarily want to be taking, but like I said this morning, God's ways are higher than our ways. And his ways are much more greater than our ways. Um, so we, the, the prayer of faith over a sick person is huge. And we should never not do that over someone. Um, and not all of prayers are going to get answered. But you can say this, that the more you pray out of faith and trusting in God, the more that he's going to answer your prayers. Um, which leads us to the third part here um, of this part. Everyday problems to pray about. The third one is when I'm hurting spiritually. When I'm hurting spiritually. This one, verse 16, says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, and this is the big one, man. When you go to someone face to face and you confess your faults one to another, mano y mano, all right, this is huge because it humbles you. When you go, if, if I've done something to Tony Voschultz and I go to him personally and I say, Tony, Man, the other day, I did this, such and such, and I'm super sorry, and uh, can you forgive me? When I go to him personally, I'm now bringing myself, humbling myself before him, and asking him for, for forgiveness. I'm sort of confessing that face-to-face. And what that does is that spiritually-wise can take you to the next level that you might not be knowing spiritually-wise. Because by just saying, well, God, I, I, I did something the other day, and I know I hurt Tony's feelings. Um, and God, you know it, and I'm just going to ask you to take care of it. You know, God says, that is not what I want you to do sometimes. There's certain types of, of things that we do. Like it says here, confess your faults one to another. And sometimes we need to go to a person that we've hurt and go to someone that we've maybe said something bad to and go and say, hey, I'm sorry. I know, man, I've, I've hurt you. And, and my life hasn't been the same since I've done that. And I want to make that right with you. I, wanna, I want my life to be back on track. Because when you have something wrong with you and someone else vertically, Something's going to be wrong with you and God horizontally. Did I say that right? 
horizontally, vertically. There we go. All right. And that's how it is in our life, though, is when we're, when we're messed up here on earth, God says, I can't help you in heaven because there's something wrong here, which is interfering with me coming down and helping you. Um, and so spiritually, we need to humble ourselves and go to this person um, because that, that is a huge part of our spiritual walk with God. Um, and so then I, uh, in verse 17 and 18, it says, um, Elias, which is to be interpreted Elijah in the Old Testament, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave the rain, and the earth brought forth her food. Um, and so we are just as Elijah. Um, he was a man just like we are. It's hard to believe that people back in the Old Testament were just like we are. Um, that, I mean, we have technology, and we think, man, we're so more advanced. But the Bible says, just as you are, Elijah is the same thing, you, uh, same as you. Um, and when we think of the prophets, we think about them being so much greater and so much more spiritual. But this verse, and you think about Elijah, and after this, he fled from the queen and hid in the mountains and said, God, there's no one else here serving you. I'm the only one left. Woe is me for being the only prophet here left in the world. And God sort of smacked him in the head and said, Listen here, you idiot. There's 5,000 other men over here that are doing the same thing you're doing. And I can use one of them the same way I can use you. And sometimes God has to humble us in those areas. And just as we um, can sometimes get, Woe is me, and I'm doing this. And God says, So is everyone else. We're all the same. We're all human. We all mess up. And God sort of shows us this through Elijah and how God said, I can do a great miracle, and then you run and you hide in the mountain. And God says, just find me, and you're thinking he's in the winds, and he's just actually in the quietness of everything. That's where God is. And so that's what God says, how he wants us um, to understand him. Um, and so we, I put here how to tap on, or how to tap the power, P-O-W-E-R. I wrote an acrostic here of how we can tap into this power that God has given us. And the first one, it's simple. We pray. P is for pray. Um, as simple as that may sound, so many people will say, well, I'm going to pray for you, brother. I'm going to pray for you, sister. And someone will say something, well, I'm going to pray for you. And we forget about it. We're human. We forget. I mean, there's so many times that someone will come to me, and I'll say, I'm going to pray for you, but I don't write it down. And I get home that night, and I'm like, oh, man, what did Ms. D say earlier that I need to pray for her about? And I totally forgot because I didn't write it down. And I have this lovely device, an iPhone, that helps me out in so many of my reminding areas. It's got a reminder app on here. And I've got this, my new assistant named Siri. And I can tell her to remind me. I love it. I can tell her to remind me when I get to the house to feed the dog. And when I pull into the house, she'll remind me to feed the dog. It's awesome. I don't, have to re- I don't even have to think anymore. Because um, I've got my wonderful assistant, Siri, that helps me out. Um, I can tell her. I did this the other day. There was a light bulb out up here. And I told her, I said, Siri, when I get to the church, remind me to change the light bulb. And as soon as I pulled into the church parking lot, my phone went off and she said, remember to turn the light bulb in the sanctuary. I was like, oh, man, I remembered. Walked in here and changed the light bulb. It's, it's awesome, but um, I don't know where I got off on that. Um, pray. We should pray. Um, but, but it's as simple as using a prayer. Sometimes we'll say we're going to pray for it or we'll say we're going to pray for someone, but we don't pray. We say we're going to do these things, and we say we're going to pray, but we don't take the step of actually praying. And that's the first step of getting the power from God. 
and to getting these things answered is by just simply praying. The second one here, O, is one another. One another. Uh, we need to pray for, with and for each other. While praying alone is good, Jesus often did that. We need to also join together and pray in unity, much like the church did in Acts chapter 1. There were many a times, and I believe in our life, that we need to go into our secret closet, into our, our place where we pray by ourselves, And we just pray and we get a hold of God by ourselves. But just like the very first church did in Acts chapter 1, they came together in a room, 40 of them, and they prayed together. In one accord, in one spirit, they prayed and asked God to help them out in their situation. They prayed with each other, and that's huge in our life too. Um, I, I see sometimes I'll come in here on Friday, and there'll be a group of people over here praying, a group of people back in the back praying. I think it's great. And then I'll see maybe just one person up here praying by themselves, and that's good too. And both of them are effective, but praying with one another and praying for one another are huge in our life and huge in our relationship with God. Um, the third thing here, praying for one another, pray for one another, and then the third one is with faith with faith. James here makes it clear um, in chapter 1 that no one prays without faith should accept to get an answer. Jesus also taught that when he asked with faith, uh, we receive what we ask for. When we ask in faith, we're going to receive what we get. If we don't ask in faith, the Bible says we ask amiss, and we don't get what we asked for. Um, I remember as a kid growing up, and uh, as I was, I don't know, I think I was like fifth or sixth grade, and uh, and my dad drove this point home to me, huge, in asking and you shall receive. Um, we're sitting there, and we went to a Mexican restaurant. I, I'm pretty sure it was, Me- no, it was a, maybe a seafood restaurant. I don't remember. It was still in some place food. And uh, as we were leaving, uh, my dad stopped by the ATM, and he got out some cash because he needed it. My dad always had cash on him. And I said, hey, Dad, can I have a $20 bill? He said, sure, because you asked, you're going to get it. And then all my brothers and sisters were like, I want a $20 bill, I want 20 And he was like, no, he's the only one that had faith enough to ask, and so he gets it. You're just asking now because he received the blessing, all right? And so many times that's how it is in our life. We'll see someone get a huge blessing, we're like, oh, dude, I want that. And so then we'll ask God, and God's like, oh, you didn't have the faith before that. You had the faith after it already happened, but you didn't have the faith before that. And my dad drove that point home to be huge um, in my life just by that simple of asking and you receive. And it was huge in my life. And uh, it was, it's just helped me out so many times over the years of asking and receiving. It's there, and God says, if you do it, I'll help you. But so many times we just don't do it. We don't ever ask, and we don't ask with faith. This E here is earnestly. This means to pray with energy. Lazy prayers don't seem to have the same power as pleading prayers. Um, and man, when we pray sometimes, and we, we pray over something, we fervently with energy just pray, and we beg God. For years and years, that's, there's something more powerful about that prayer getting answered than those lackadaisical, oh Lord, do this. And it happens, it's just, and when we pray and we sacrifice time and energy and effort over something and that happens, that's when it's like, wow, God is really God. God is really big. And God astounds us because we've invested time, we've invested energy into our prayers. And the, the last thing here of R is righteousness. Righteousness. Righteous, I should say, just righteous. Um, God, uh, let me see here. Righteous counts when it comes to prayer. Why does God listen to the righteous man or woman more than the unrighteous? Um, God, he, he help, he, the people that are righteous that are serving him are the ones that God wants to help. 
And God sometimes, he doesn't want to help someone that's an ungodly Christian or someone that's not righteous, but someone that's serving him, someone that's got a righteous heart, that's doing everything they possibly can. God said, that's the person that I want to bless, and that's the one I want to have this power um, with. So as we close, I'm going to read the last two verses here, and I've got a couple things I'm going to say, and then we'll be dismissed. Uh, James chapter 5, 19 and 20, it says, Brethren, uh, if any of you do err from the truth, and one converteth him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sin. Ultimately, our walk is about staying close to God and remaining faithful to Him. Um, and, and by staying faithful to Him, and by staying close to Him, so many times these three areas that I talked about at the very beginning are huge in our life. Uh, because sometimes we're hurting emotionally, sometimes we're hurting physically, and sometimes we're hurting spiritually. And by doing that, it hurts us with our relationship with God. And God says, man, when you've got someone that errs from the truth, when you, and I like to look at it like this, when you lead someone that's in sin or that's unsaved, and you lead them to Christ, man, it's a huge impact in your life of turning and seeing God work. I think that's one of the greatest miracles of all is seeing someone go from death to life through salvation and seeing them experience that gift of salvation. I mean, I've, I've had the privilege over the years of leading I've probably around 100 people to the Lord over my years of soul winning and going out. Um, but every time it's just amazing to see that person, and it's just like a light bulb goes off in their head. Man. And they're just, eyes are open and they see the world in a new way. My mom said, I got glasses when I was eight months old. My mom said that before that, um, I would walk around, I have a lazy eye. I've got plenty, I've got great vision. I've just, I've got a depth perception and I've got an eye that's lazy. And at eight months old, my mom saw that. She took me to the doctor and I got glasses. Um, and she said it took me like two hours in the, uh, there in the doctor's office, and they would put a pair of glasses on, and I'd take the pair of glasses off. They'd put another pair on, and I'd take them off. And they said it just went on and on for like two hours. And she took me out to the car, and I didn't have my glasses on, and my dad goes, why does he not have his glasses on? She said, here, you go put the glasses on him. Because <laughs> she was fed up. It was two hours. They even p- tried putting the straps on, and I, just, I grabbed the glasses, and I just pulled. And they said I almost snapped the glasses off. Um, she said, so they finally just gave up. They took the glasses home. Um, they put me in the car seat. And I fell asleep on the way home. And they said, when I got home, before they took me out of the car seat and they woke me up, they put my glasses on me. And they said, when they opened up the car seat, they said, I just stood outside and just looked. Because I, w- I was able to see for the first time. And I was, it's like, a, my mom said it was like a light bulb. And I just sat there and just looked at everything. Looked at the trees, looked at the car. And she said, it was just amazing to see. It was like a light bulb had just turned on. And that's just like leading someone to the Lord. Going from that darkness, going to that light, of seeing them, their, their face just light up of saying, man, I've been missing this my entire life. I've been, I've been living my life a lie for all these years, and now I see this great gift that you've given me. Um, and so ultimately in our life, our walk is about staying close to God and remaining faithful to Him. And all else just falls in place. Man, if you just have a life of patience like we talked about this morning, and you just pray and you ask God about these things, God says, I'm going to take care of the rest. I'm going to take care of you. But in order for me to do that, you've got to trust me. And so I hope I've helped you today. I'm going to let you out early. I'm not a long-winded speaker. I don't like speaking long. I like talking what I'm going to talk about and get done. Um, So we're going to pray and uh, be dismissed. And everyone go home and take another nap.
because my nap today was amazing. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, and uh, we thank you for just all the many blessings that you've given us and all the different things that you've done here at the church. And uh, we love you, Father, and we love you for each and every person here. And uh, we thank you for allowing them to come out and hear a 24-year-old man speak. And uh, I know I stumble through a lot of things, Lord, but I know that you'll get the glory out of it. And uh, we pray, Father, that you'll just help us to go throughout this week and uh, serve you to the best of our ability. And uh, we love you, Father, in your name we pray. Amen. Remember,